there was a captain, Captain Johnson, I'll never forget him. And, and, you know, he said to me, he said, you know, you're needed. We need you. And he says, the community needs you. You're so needed in the department. I didn't understand what that meant until I became a police officer and I was working out in the community. And I just believe, you know, as a woman, we, we bring such a different perspective. Um, and, and I believe, you know, you can be as girly as you can and get the job done. You're listening to the Black and Blue Podcast, a discussion and celebration of the roles of African Americans and other minorities in U.S. law enforcement. Your host on the Black and Blue Podcast is Dale Peters, a law enforcement professional with over 20 years' experience in the business. Hop on board this Black and Blue train of interviews, current events, and pop culture conversations. So get ready. The Black and Blue Podcast is coming at you right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome back to the Black and Blue Podcast. My name is Dale. I'm your host. Welcome back to the interrogation room. Thank you for joining me here today. Today, I've got a really special guest. She retired after almost 20 years in law enforcement. Now she's running her own company. Everybody, please help me welcome in Miss Natalie Clayton. (laughs) How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for inviting me on your podcast. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. So how's everything going with you today? I know we're dealing with uh, a lot of stuff going on, coronavirus, uh, BLM, all kinds of stuff. How's everything treating you? Well, that's a mouthful. Overall, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm blessed. And um, just to be here during this time of this this crisis, but uh, I'm blessed. I'm good. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I mentioned that you are a 20 year, you had almost 20 years in law enforcement. Uh, Why don't, why don't you run down a a couple of the agencies that you worked with for our our audience here? Um, Well, initially I started with San Diego police department. I was a police officer for a number of years, probably about 10 years with San Diego PD. And then I transferred to um, the department of justice, um, state of California as a special agent. And then my Tenure retirement was a parole agent with the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Okay, so you had a a wide span there, huh? Yeah, you know, I call it one full circle. You know, the first part it was PD was hook and book, and yeah, um, you know, special agent. I was uh, working covert and undercover a lot, um, meth labs, investigating meth labs, and oh. then um, parole agent was more case management. So I went the full spectrum, full circle of law enforcement of. Okay, so I kind of have a little knowledge in that. So uh, so uh, for our viewers here, did you leave DOJ? uh, Were you a part of B&E? Is that is that what happened? Yeah, I was part of B&E. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So for our viewers, what what was B&E? And I say was Uh, because it's no longer (laughs) an agency. (laughs) Right. B&E stands for um, Bureau of Narcotic Enforcement. Yeah. 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 So I was assigned to. uh, um. L.A. County at the time, City of Industry, and we were responsible for, um, I think, five counties at that time. Wow. Yeah, investigating meth labs, so that was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah a little background. I hope you don't mind me uh, talking about it. But uh, I guess the union back during the election had, uh, took sides on the governor's race and you guys <laughs> lost. And then the, the, the winning governor decided to defund. Yeah, yeah, that was the first defunding, right? Yeah. 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 Defunding uh, B&E. So, yeah, that's why there's no longer a B&E, right? So. Yeah. I uh, left before that happened. Oh, did you? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, My my current agency, we picked up a couple guys um, from there. And then I guess they won a lawsuit and then they got their jobs back in DOJ. So they they left and went back. (laughs) Yeah. I heard about that, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How was your tenure with with, uh, corrections? Uh, you know what? Actually, it was um, it was good. It was interesting, you know, because of my background. I, I came I brought a different perspective. You know, I didn't come from um, the institution. I came from as a, you know, um, a police officer from the street. So I had a lot of street knowledge and um, my perception was very different. And at the time when I came on, they were dealing with a lot of lawsuits. It's interesting. The state has a lot of lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> at that time. Uh-huh. And um, just for simple things like violation of the 14th Amendment. And um, so, you know, I came in with just different ideals. And so it was an interesting time. Right. So, right. yeah, a lot of lot of knowledge that I brought in and um, it was interesting. But, um, yeah, I retired from there. They're, they, you know, it's I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, we leave it at that. <laughs> they went through their changes too. You know, they had um, what AB one hundred and nine. Yes, that yeah. was huge. It affected them for um, for our viewers. What was AB one hundred and nine? Um, AB one hundred and nine was um, the law that was that shifted um, funding for um, corrections and parole um, into the county. So the county took care of basically. Um, uh, people who were institutionalized, uh, people who were um, um, all of uh, case management, parole supervision, basically took away funding and it took a lot of um, authority that um, the state um, had in corrections, it's particularly in parole. Mm-hmm. So um, I just remember when I was a police officer before I um, had decided to transfer to parole, um, you know, we had a, that leverage of putting a parole hold on someone. That right. was, I was almost like yeah. gold, you know, back in the day, but that was um, removed. And it was just a lot of loose ends, funding. Oh, it was, it was just a mess. Yeah. Similar to what's going um, on, now. the Department of Justice and everything that's going on now, yeah. to, be out, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. 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 And it's a never ending cycle. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. So uh, you started down there in San Diego. Is that, is that where you're from? Yeah, I'm from San, born and raised oh, okay. uh, from San Diego. I, I um, went to school, San Diego. I went to college there. So yeah, nice San Diego State. Yeah, San Diego State. Yep. All right. My wife, uh, she went. She's from up here in L.A., but she went down to get her master's down there at USD University of San Diego, and that, okay. that's how we met. I I used to work in the Border Patrol years ago. So, oh, you did? Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is interesting. I've worked with Border Patrol um, many for many years. Yeah. yeah, not with them, but you know, with them. Yeah, yeah, with, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah, working collaboratively. Yeah, yeah, collaboratively. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, what, what drew you to law enforcement? Um, well, you know, interesting. Okay, so I originally started out as a dispatcher, um, 
1987. And, um, I, you know, I went to school and finished school and so forth, but I was always interested in, um, I wanted to go to law school initially, but I decided not to. But I, I, when I graduated from college, I just realized that I was not having fun pushing paper. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wanted to um, have a career where I worked in the community and I would have an, I had an impact on people's lives. And, um, I, and mind you, I was a girly girl, you know, very shy growing up and I was afraid of guns. Um, but I just decided that that was something that I wanted to do. I originally wanted to um, get my training experience with San Diego and then move into being a special agent. That was my goal. Okay. And so um, San Diego, I was working for the department um, as an administrator. And so I thought, why not? And I just took the leap. I took the leap later in life. I was at that time, I was 30. I think it was in my early 30s. Yeah, at that time. So, um, yeah, it was the best decision I ever made. Yeah, yeah I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Are you yeah, still down in San Diego now or? No, actually I live in Marietta. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're up in the, uh, in Riverside County in for our viewers Riverside. that don't know that just north of San Diego County. Yeah. They, they should just make it North County. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're almost there. Actually I'm speaking almost there. Of, yeah, speaking of Marietta, when I said I worked board patrol, I actually just worked right there in Temecula. So I oh, wasn't, you did? yeah, wow. I wasn't down there in the board. I was right there at, uh, it was in the nineties. So that was back when they used to work. I, I don't think they work too much now. You know, politics, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it was a different time. It was a different yeah. time. All right. Yeah. So then uh, you you were a police officer for almost 10 years or about 10 years. You said, what what sort of assignments did you do there? Wow. Okay. So, um, man. Well, I investigated everything. Um, I worked vice. I worked undercover. So my, my undercover name was Cinnamon. Um <laughs> As a matter of fact, I have a, <laughs> it was. As I'm sure there's fact, a story a, behind that. There's a story behind that. Okay. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'll have to tell you the story. Um, so that name carried on with me, you know, um, undercover. So I worked undercover, everything you can think of, um, you know, buying dope, selling dope, you know, uh, a street worker, maybe politically correct. Um, let's see. I worked juvenile investigations. I worked, I was assigned to school task force. Um, I, I worked just about every division in San Diego. And at that time, I think there were eight subdivisions. I'm not sure what it is now because I've been gone for a while. But mm-hmm. um, I worked everywhere. All right. Know, everything. Yeah. Everything you can, you know, every everything you can think of, I think I investigated. Right. Yeah. And then what made you want to jump ship there and go to go to the state? Well, you know, Okay. That's a good question. <laughs> well, okay. So initially I decided, like I said, when I, when I graduated from college, I said, gosh, I want to be a special agent. You know, I just thought it was um, a prestigious position with the state of California. I was too old at the time to um, get on with the, uh, the federal as a special agent. Cause you had to be, I think. Their cut off is 37. Yeah, some, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, and it just didn't, I mean, at that time I had kids. And the odds didn't, wasn't good for my kids to leave and go different places. Plus, I knew people. I knew everyone in San Diego. So um, I had just decided that there was a time, it was almost like a, um, a paradigm shift. There was issues going on with our pay, uh, issues going on with our retirement. I think at that time, 
five uh, retirement board members had been indicted. It was just a mess. Oh, wow. It was a hot mess. Yeah. And so um, I had applied for uh, the special agent position like a couple of years ago. And out of the blue, they sent me a notification. Hey, are you interested? And I thought, why not? You know? And so the position was in LA. And that's why I moved to Marietta because I didn't want to move to LA at that time. I figured this was a halfway mark um, and closer to LA. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so I decided to go for it. And I went through the background check and, you know, it was, um, it was great. Um, I, I didn't sign up to be a, to sign up for the meth lab, but they just kind of pushed me in that, put me in that position. Um, and it was, it was an interesting dynamic, you know, right. and it, it's kind of, you, you know, when you're, when you're a police officer and you work in the streets and you arrest people and they have these, you know, eight balls and, you know, it, uh, so that was that part of it. And then I understood the um, process of how to make methamphetamine, you know, um, it was cool. I, that was my GI Jane, day, my GI Jane days, <laughs> right? Because I I carried an MP5. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, so that was my that was that was my 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 service weapon was an MP5. Nice. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said it my GI Jane days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, yeah. my Glock was my my Glock was my um my my second weapon but the mp5 was the first oh yeah, excuse cool. me okay <laughs> don't, don't mess with cinnamon <laughs> don't mess with cinnamon <laughs> yes it was cool yeah you yeah. know it was cool. and meth it is was... some nasty stuff oh my god yeah I, I, it is nasty 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 you know yeah, just seeing it um, I, I don't see how people you know get into it even wanting to try it one time just if you knew what they put in it is yeah just, yeah but i guess when you're living that life you, you really don't care so just trying to get yeah. your next hit. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So you said when you when you finally decided you wanted to be a police officer, you were in your thirties. You looked like you're still in pretty good shape. How was the academy for you back then? It was pretty easy. Were you are you pretty athletic or? Yeah, you know. So I um, I ran track my whole life. I started running track when I was eight years old. So I um, I'm 55 now, but I've I've always been athletic. You, you don't look like it, but you know you know oh. what they say. You know, black don't. <laughs> You said it. Yeah, I, I, I'll <laughs> say it again. Yeah. Say it again. Yeah. I, know. I think I think it's also a part of you know your life and and how you live and if yes. you take care of yourself and and um, yeah, the totality of life. But um, yeah, so it was the academy was good. You know, I was it was you know they had the three ranks at least in San Diego region. It was gold, silver, and bronze, and I was gold. Um, actually, I was the only female in gold. What what and, does that mean? Gold, silver, bronze. Oh, that was the level of 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 your. Oh, I'm sorry. So for running, so you know okay. when you start the academy, they have you, they test you, have you run, and so I, my um, speed was gold. So it was a top. I was in the top rank as a runner. Nice. So um, so that was interesting. You know, I, I the, shooting a gun was very challenging for me because I never shot a gun in my life. Um, I used to be afraid of guns. And I just remember my dad was in the Navy and he had as a 38 special at that time, I thought it was this big mm-hmm. and I used to be afraid of it. So, um, yeah, the only thing that was pretty challenging for me was, um, shooting my gun, but, you know, I overcame it and I learned how to, you know, properly shoot my weapon and obviously I passed. So right, <laughs> but right. that was very challenging to me. Yeah. 
And then you you graduated to an MP5 and... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you know, I will say, one thing I will say about um, the Department of Justice, they had the best training in firearms. Um, yeah, I, I learned how to shoot upside down and I was we had a lot of fun. We used to go out and shoot 50 yards away plus 100 yards with our MP5 and... Um, they they're really good when it comes to training, uh, weaponry training and, and entry and all of that. So that was good. All right. And yeah. are you still running today or? No, I don't run. I, I cycle. I road bike. Okay. That's my thing. Yeah, easier on your knees, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I had an injury, um, uh, uh, on-duty injury that uh, caused me not to run anymore. But yeah. But um, yeah, I cycle for, for health. Yeah. There's yeah. a couple hills out, out your way that you can Yeah, you can try to conquer. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, not yeah. much. I yeah. normally like to ride um on um bike paths. You know, there's some great bike paths um in LA. Not too much here at Inland Empire, but um but yeah, I ride. All right. Yeah. 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 All right. So, um, you know, you went to school down there in San Diego County. Uh do you, you still got people down there or yeah, you know, I as people as far as what as far family. as family, family. Yeah, so it's so both my parents passed away. My mom um, passed away unfortunately this past October. Sorry to hear um, that. Yeah, you know, but she she and my dad are together, and my father uh, passed away um, four years ago. Yeah, so my siblings are there. It's five of us, so oh, they wow. still live. Yeah, I'm the second to the youngest. Uh, my two brothers live in San Diego. Actually, my two sisters moved. To, they they're in Africa right now. They decided to uh, Africa. Africa, yeah, yeah. They moved. I'm I'm so proud of them. They were like, okay, we're done. Really? <laughs> so that that's a big jump, though. That's a big. I know yeah. it's a huge jump. Yeah, it's huge. Where, where in know? Africa did they go? <clears throat> um, let's see. Right now they're in Tanzania, and they're um, going to move. They're thinking considering the West Side Gambia. So. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Well, have you been there to visit? I, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I plan on, I went to, um, I went to Morocco, which is uh, the northern part of Africa. Yeah. I went there in November. How yeah, was that? This past November. Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, it was just amazing. You wow. know, um, I, I, I wanted to take my shoes off and just walk um, with my bare feet because I was on the motherland. It, it was just amazing you know everything it's not what you see um you know on tv was projected right um yeah it's beautiful it was great what made your your siblings want to make the jump over there you know i think <clears throat> excuse me i think they um they've been talking about it for a while you know and um like they were just ready for a change you know they said it's diff- completely different than here i mean yeah. You know, government is government, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? But um, it's just very different. There's no, um, they haven't experienced any type of um, discrimination or racism or anything, you know? Wow. Even even though they're from, you know, they're foreigners. Yeah. Um, you know, but there is a difference. I was speaking to them today. There is a, you know, you have to adapt. The, the language is Swahili. Right. You know, so there's a, that's the only thing that they said is a language barrier, but everything that we desire here is this plentiful there. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That, that's on my buckle list. I want to, 
want to travel through Africa. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, you have to go. Yeah. Morocco was it was amazing. I, I plan on whenever we get past um, this season, you know, in the world global season, I, I would love to go back to Africa. It was amazing. Yeah. So they yeah. just left on their own. It wasn't a job transfer, huh? No, they just left. They just left. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it, to me, it takes a lot of courage to yes. do that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just proud of them. Yeah, it takes yeah. courage. Yeah. I love the travel, but I also love to come back to my USA where I'm born. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I thought my mom had courage because we're originally from Columbus, Ohio. And uh, uh-huh. we moved out here in, I think it was 84. She, oh, wow. Yeah, she came out here to visit a friend one summer. And then she came back and said, we're moving to California. And then I was like, yeah, right, whatever. I didn't want to come. And uh-huh. then uh, two years later, she packed us up. It's just she and I. Uh, so I'm her only child. And then uh, she packed us up and brought me out here kicking and screaming. But uh, <laughs> it's the best decision she made for us because I'm not trying to go back to Columbus, Ohio now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not trying to go back. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then uh, when you were in corrections, uh, how was that clientele? Did you, uh, did you get a chance to help out a lot of people, uh, a lot of parolees or? Uh, you know what? I am, I would say yes and no. You know, um, corrections is interesting because you knew right off the bat who was going to be conform, you know, to their conditions of parole. And uh, you knew the ones who weren't. And right. You know, you learn not to waste, spend your energy in, on those, you know, individuals. Um, and, uh, but it was great. I, um, I could probably count on my hand, one hand, uh, some of the people that turned their lives around. But I think for, for me, and, and, but, you know, I used to always wonder as a police officer, how did people get to this place, you know, when they had their behaviors and they were um, doing, you know, um, criminal behavior and so forth and not just criminal behavior, but, but using use of drugs. Right. And, um, when I was a parole agent, I had a chance to look at people's background and their case packets. I mean, it was like this thick, you know, yeah. and when you read and you understand, uh, you know, their background and where they came from, then you're like, okay, now I understand the recidivism, you know, and then, and then it, so it's two folds. It was people, they go to um, institutions, there isn't anything there to really rehab them. And then they get put back in the same environment. Right. So, you know, but so, it, but, but yeah, I would say probably on one hand, I could count the people that I saw turn around their lives. Yeah. 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 I, <clears throat> excuse me. I spoke to a, a probation officer a few weeks ago uh, on another episode and he was talking mm-hmm. about the same thing but uh you yeah. know it's good when when they actually do want to help themselves because you know that's what he said that he was there to not really make them change because they got to make them make themselves yeah. want to change so he's there to help facilitate so that's I'm sure what you guys are doing just give them the resources yeah. to change right you know you will give them the resources uh you try to give them a bridge create a bridge to close that gap but you know people have to make that decision. But you know what I realized, and, and it's all about a decision and a choice that we make, because we all have a choice and decision to make in our lives. Um, but I think sometimes if you have more resources, you're able to do better. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say, give anyone a get out of jail card. I'm just speaking this, this as human beings and human nature. Yeah. So um, 
But it was good. You know, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about case management. I learned a lot about patients. I remember when I was first hired on, they were like, okay, you can't come in and be a cop. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm thinking like, what are you talking about? You know? Uh-huh. And they were like, that's not what rehab is. And they said, you know, people are going to come out and they're going to rehab is, you know, they're going to go to a certain point and then they're going to fall off, you know, and they're going to rehab and they're going to, you know, get high again or whatever, or whatever their vices was that caused them to be um, institutionalized. And so it took me a minute to understand um, the mindset of people who, um, you know, are in environments uh, where they didn't have opportunities, you know, or resources to, to be better. So, um, yeah, because I was like, what? Hook and book. You did something, yeah. you know, Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had to learn. But it was, you know, what I would say is probably one of the best parts of my career besides being a police officer. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed, um, you know, connecting with the families and trying to de- develop a plan to help people become better. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting what you said there uh, that kind of stuck out when they said you can't come in here to be a police officer. Yeah. It's it's a different mindset. Excuse me. A different mindset. So, you know, I know now that's kind of an issue with law enforcement going on now with the uh, after George Floyd and all that. So, that you know, retraining and all that. Do you think that, you know, having that police mindset is kind of what got us in this place today? Or what, what do you think about that? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, well, I will say this. Um, when I came on as a police officer in 1997, the mindset has changed. Um, and, and it really saddens me because um, it, it, to me, it has to do with training. It has to do with um, developing relationships with people, um, the community that you are serving. Um, and, and, but then it, like, it's, it's twofold too. You have people that are without resources. Um, you have police officers who are out without resources right. and, and they're, they're coming together and both were scared. And, um, I did a study, I, I, I have my master's degree. Um, I did a study, man, 16 years ago, my, my, um, my thesis was, um, suicide by cop shootings and the impact that it has on police officers. Because at that time, it was a lot of people, you know, egg and, you know, police officers to, um, uh, you know, to, to shoot them. Mm-hmm. That was 16 years ago. So it has shifted um, from, from that. But I, I, police work is not, when I came on, it was, com- it was community oriented policing. It was, it was collaborating with um, the community, with organizations because um, the concept with San Diego PD, which I loved so much, was that, you know, you just can't, if there's, a, if there's an area where the crimes are occurring over and over again, and you're arresting the same person, or the same crimes are happening, there's something, that's, there's something in that area that needs to be changed, whatever it may be. Right. You know, like, like, for example, if, um, if there's like a robberies occurring on a street corner, and, you know, maybe it's not properly lit or maybe, uh, you know, the, the, there's, um, there's, there aren't any cameras showing, you know, just things to deter people from, from um, doing certain behaviors. That's what community-oriented policing is, working, you know, together with different organizations, with the community, because the police can't be all the eyes, 
Right. But I will say this, if you don't have a relationship with the community, you're going to fail. Yes. And, and, you know, it's, 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 and you're going to, you know, we're all, we, you have to address people where they are, you know, I'm putting on my coaching hat, (laughs) (laughs) but you have to address people where they are. And to me, it starts at the top. Um, and, and it filters down to, um, you know, the masses, which are the police officers who are working in the streets. And then, yeah, it's, you know, it's not the, it's not a, it's not a killer mentality. That's not, that's what, that's not what police work is. That's what we, it's called. You are a peace officer. Yes. You know, and when you took an oath and I'm referring to the state of California is to protect and serve. Yes. And it, it takes a lot to do that. And I'm speaking of my own as being a police officer. And I've, you know, I've worked in three different agencies and in each agency, I saw things that were horrific and inhumane and the treatment of people just because you have a badge and a gun. But I'm not giving, I'm like, I'm, I'm not giving, I'm not saying to get out of jail card to people and they violate the law. I'm just saying that um, it's about building, you have to build bonds and you have to build bridges with people. And until they, and then you have to change the culture of, um, uh, of law enforcement, of, yeah. of, of hatred and them against us. Right. You know, so I can go on about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I was alluding to is when I wrote that thesis, um, you know, I had proposed uh, and I, and I took it out because I thought, you know, I need to look at this again and, and, and revisit this proposal because I look at police officers, they're, they're faced with a lot and there needs to be something of a continuum of care of police, you know, because they deal with, they deal with so much and they, there needs to be a check-in okay. you know, where they don't feel, where they can feel um, vulnerable enough to say, Hey, I need help or, right. Hey, I'm having issues with X, Y, and Z without them being, uh, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of a word. Um, Ost- ostracized maybe? Ostrac- yes. Yeah. Ostracized. Thank you. That's what happens when you turn 55. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that far behind you, trust me. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, those are things that I'm looking at revisiting and trying to, um, you know, help that cre- close that, that bridge, um, that gap that is so needed um, right now. Yeah. 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 I think wellness, you know, that that's a big term, a big thing that's uh, going on now in, in law enforcement and, and other other uh, careers as well. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's that, you know, I've spoken to a few uh, departments, a few people that work in wellness for departments. Uh, I'm going to yeah. speak to someone in San Diego, San Diego PD, uh, that's in charge of their wellness unit down there. So I, I think that's that's sort of changing now that, that uh, they're recognizing that these these sorts of things officers need to, to talk about without feeling, you know, that they can't. So there's got to be somebody right. to talk to. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know San Diego had started that a while back because they were having issues. And this is post after I left. Um, they were having issues with a lot of officers, you know, um, committing crimes. Wow. I won't go into detail. And um, uh, the previous chief had implemented that type of program. I'm not sure what happened to it, but but I think it's... You know, it's 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 there. It, they need to go. It needs to be deep. You know, I mean, 
as you know, when you become a police officer, you go, it's such a rigorous process, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you have to be fit. You have to, you know, you go through a a psych exam and, you know, all these different steps that you take. I, that, you know, somehow there has to be something that, that is brought back in where, where officers are being, I call it the continuum of care and, and this, a a check-in, you know, to see what's going on. Um, yeah. I, I know I've had fellow officers who were involved in shootings and they had the demand to go to a, um, you know, p- um, a post-traumatic training, like debrief so that they can, they had to request it. It wasn't something that was automatic, you know, right. I mean, a, a P- PTSD because, and it's not just with shootings. I mean, if you have PTSD from seeing um, her, something horrific, I mean, I, I yeah. can, I can spin off things that have happened. I investigated. Oh yeah. Children, um, children's the, the big one. Children, yeah. children's yeah. the big one. I mean, I can, when people ask me, Oh, share some stories. And, you know, I mean, I, I, it's just off the cuff. I can tell people, you know, different situations that, you know, um, that I was exposed to or investigated, but children are the biggest one. You yes. know, I have so much, I have just memories, you know? Um, so, you know, and so PTSD comes in different forms and, um, but the, what happened to George Floyd, that was this, that was despicable. Um, that was evil. It was inhumane. And yes. so um, there's, there's no question about that. And I mean, this is so many other others that are, um, that have been exposed because of our wonderful cell phone that we have. But yep. if you go back to um, Rodney King, mm-hmm. you know, Rodney King, it just so happened that somebody had a, a huge camera. I mean, a a, a recorder, and yeah. they pushed a button. Boom! Yep. You know. Yep, that started um, it all right there. Yeah, but but that is something that that was one that was recorded. So we know that this has been going on for many many years, um, and uh, it's interesting how you know people the, the the pandemic the pandemic of COVID nineteen made people open up their eyes, really see what's going on because we had nothing else. There were no other distractions, yes. you know? And um, so it's almost like a double-edged sword of what's, what's, what's of, of, of the exposure, but it was needed to be exposed. Yep. Yeah. It's the so. whole confluence of events coming together yeah. at, the, at the right time, right place. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then it just, you know, powder keg exploded. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. So, all right. So you, uh, you are now no longer uh, a police officer or in law enforcement. Uh, so you, you did retire. So what, what are you doing now for everybody? I did retire. Yes, I did. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so, um, thank you. Well, I have my, I started my own company. company. It's called Tilt Synergy Incorporated. And uh, Tilt stands for Transformational Integrated Leveraging Team. Okay. And so with that synergy working together, to transform you individually or an organization, cultures. Um, I, I'm really passionate about um, abusive prevention, you know, sexual assault, bullying, conflict resolution, and just a workplace environment that is safe and conducive for people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm, my passion is to help coach leaders um, individuals to collaboratively work together um, to create, you know, a productive and and healthy environment. 
right. Um, yeah. So you're working mostly with uh, private sector, government sector? Yes, I was with private private sector, but I'm shifting now to government. Yeah, government sectors. Um, there's, there's just a lot of work, you know. Um, yeah. But I'm open to both because I'm looking now, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, you just have a lot of people that are really um, people who are in, in leadership positions that have shown their bigotry and, and hatred. And so I'm like, you know, here you are at the top with that mindset and what's being filtered down, you know, um, in your organization culturally, you know, so. uh, And and, and how can you, you and your, your business change that or can you? I believe, yeah, I, I do believe I can. I, I mean, I think I believe for, for me coaching. So I'm, I'm a coach also. And I believe um, a coach is, is a person who comes along and you're a thinking partner. So it's to help people recognize uh, either your weaknesses or your strength that you have within to affect change. You know, and that's where the synergy part comes in. And um, just from my experience of, of, of working in, in diverse situations, diverse people, you know, being able to assess situations and making decisions, you know, all that I've learned and my education and the things that I've experienced and what I've seen, um, I want to help um, impact and affect that change. But I think, I believe it starts at the top. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I'm sure your experience, you know, in law enforcement and in those three different agencies helps a lot. Um, You know, seeing the different levels that you worked at. um, How does being a female in law enforcement kind of help you with, uh, you know, going back to you being a police officer and and what you're doing now? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, You know, being a female. Okay, so interesting enough, I remember I was I was so challenged in the academy. Um, I told you I was not a good shooter at all. Okay. And um, I had, a, there was a captain, Captain Johnson, I'll never forget him. And, and, you know, he said to me, he said, you know, you're needed. We need you. And he says, the community needs you. You're so needed in the department. I didn't understand what that meant until I became a police officer and I was working out in the community. And I just believe, you know, as a woman, we, we bring such a different perspective. Um, and, and I believe, you know, you can be as girly as you can <laughs> and get the job done, you know. Um, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying you can be who you are and, and, and get the job done. I think it's about communicating, communication skills. It's about, um, you know, understanding, but being able to assess the situation, make a decision, move forward. Um, I'll never forget. I had this, uh, you know, I worked in San Diego in a very, um, high gang populated area. And, um, there was an officer, he was, um, fine, you know, field interviewing, talking to this, this, this kid who was a gangbanger. And, um, I came up to cover him. And so I just started talking to the kid. I'm like, hey, you know, I just started talking to him, engaging with him. Anyway, he, he was so compliant. And it was interesting because my male officer was like, what? 
He goes, he would have never did that for me. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, and I paused for a minute and then I was like, well, and I was thinking to myself, well, all I did was I, 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 I treated this person as though he was a human being. You know, my whole goal was to treat people the way I would want to be treated. But I didn't, I didn't feel that I had to belittle a person to get what I wanted. I just talked to him. Yeah. You know, absolutely. and he just, and, I mean, he gave me so much information that my, my male counterpart was a shock. You know, he was just like, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he was like, I need, you need to go with me more often. Yeah. You know, so I, that's what I'm talking about, a different perspective. I, I just, you know, we bring a different perspective as, yeah. as a woman. Um. You yeah, know, because and, that's, and that's if, one thing that I'm hearing now with all the troubles uh, law enforcement is going through now with the, you know, um, calls for retraining. Is, one is uh, more females in law enforcement and and maybe, yeah. you know, these sort of incidents wouldn't happen. I, I don't know if that's actually the case, but, you know, I've, I've heard that out there. Well, you know, I would say yes and no, because, I mean, there's always bad apples, you know, male and female. Um, I, I just believe that. A police department should reflect the community. Yes. And I believe it should be, um, you know, because you're serving in the community and you have, there should be representation. But if not, but you, but you have to reach out to the community and you have to engage, you have to connect. Um, it doesn't matter whether the social economic, if it's very low or very high. Um, it doesn't matter if a person is black, um, brown, you know, yellow, whatever you want to consider yourself, um, it, that, that male or female, that doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, we're all human beings. And w- what I've learned in my years of training experience and my education is that um, people who don't look like you may be that person who would save your life. Okay. Uh, maybe that person who will um, open a door for you, you know, for different opportunities. You, you just, you just never know what that person is going to bring in in your life, whether you're um, first um, professionally or personally. So, um, yeah, 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 right. yeah. And I see you're kind of bringing that on, along in your in your new profession, your new career. Uh, you know, coaching and mentorship, and you know. That sounds like yeah. some good work you're doing there. Oh, yeah, but thank you. You know what? It's interesting because, um, you know, as a police officer, you, you know, as you know, you wear many hats. Um, and, you know, I, you were a mediator. You know, really, when I look back, um, being a police officer, um, a lot of our work was just being a mediator. Yeah. You know, but it takes time. It takes, it takes, um, a communication skills it takes um, trying to get to the end. You know what is the what is the end that we want to get to? And that's to me that's how you you start off with. At the end is not do you want to go in and 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 harm anyone? No, but if you have to, you will for the sake of yourself and others. But I just believe that um, I, I for me my own my experience was mentoring. You yeah, know, being a being a trying trying to people trying to solve their problems and issues. And then it gets crazy because maybe a person may have mental illness. Uh, the other one may be under the influence of drugs and or alcohol, you know, so it could be a number of things that are, that are causing this person to behave the way that they are. Um, and then of course, fear, you know, that's huge too. So yeah, um, I can go on and on. Yeah. 
<laughs> we talk please, forever. Yeah. Please do. We we got nothing but time. Nothing but time. <laughs> but we we will cut that short a little bit there. So <laughs> so what what's the you know this this question is going to be twofold. And uh, going okay. back to your previous life and your your life now. What's the most rewarding part of your job, uh, you know, back being in law enforcement and, and now at the, the uh, coaching piece? Wow. Um, you know what? The One of the most rewarding, I, I would never forget this. Um, man, this is so long ago. And I always often wonder where, where people are that I... Um, uh, encountered. But I would never forget this young lady. I was, um, we were doing a search. We're doing a, uh, at that time it was with probation. It was a probation search and, um, no one was supposed to be in the house and we did a search and she, all of a sudden she popped up, you know, fortunately I had, I didn't have my gun out. Uh, I mean, my gun, I had on a trigger, Um, but she popped out. And so I was, I grabbed her and, you know, I was like, I could have shot you, you know, yada, yada, whatever. Anyway, come to find out this young lady was on methamphetamine. And she was, at that time, she was the same age as my daughter. Uh, They went to the same school. And I just remember um, just talking to her. And um, anyway, I wind up connecting with her parents. And we, I mean, that whole day, my whole day was this, with this child, right? Um, and it was, uh, so after that happened, you know, I, I, I forgot about it. So it probably was about three months later. And one day I was, um, by the school and she came up to me and she says, do you remember me? And I'm like, Oh, I mean, I didn't know who she looked completely different. Oh, really? And yeah. You know, I said, do you remember me? I just want to, I just want to thank you, officer Clayton. And I was like, uh, okay, you're welcome. But she said, I got cleaned up. You know, I went to a detox and I went to um, a rehab and I said, I'm clean and I'm back in school and my grades are back up. And I just want right. to say thank you. Yes. That, I will never forget that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. that's the part yeah. of the job that why we get into it for the most yeah, part. Yeah. You know what? That's that's one. I mean, there's lots of others, yeah. but that is something because I never expected that. Yeah. You know, I just I just didn't expect that. So. Yeah, yeah, from that person at least, right? From that person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what about now? Uh, rewarding part of your job now? Uh, the rewarding part of my job now is sharing my um, training experience, uh, empowering people um, to to tap into their inner strength and and to uh, be the person that um, that they were born to be. Um, and uh, and sharing my um, my expertise, my knowledge, without just for me, you know, for yeah. my representing, not representing like my connected to a, an agency, but just me and my experience, um, and being the freedom of being able to do that. That's probably the most rewarding part of my where I'm at in my life now. Yeah, retirement is great. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. I'll be there one day, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just live vicariously through you. But. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate, though, what's going on. You know, a lot of people are, you know, leaving the profession um, instead of trying to stick it out. Um, you know, I know like Atlanta, there's a few people that are, you know, leaving that police department because of what's going on out there. It's just it's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. So it is what it is. And, you know, hopefully we'll get out the other side, you know, a little little better, a little smarter than what we were. But it's, it's going to take some work. Yeah, it's, you know what? It's going to take work. Um, I, 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 it's, it's a collaborative effort. Yeah. Um, and it's going to take work. And, um, you know, hopefully it, it opened up doors for other people to, uh, for opportunities for others, you know. But I, I just believe that, um, yeah, the culture, it has to change. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, as we wrap this up, uh, where do you see yourself in, in five years? Wow, in five years. Okay, well, uh, okay, so I have two books coming out. All right. Um, my one book is a, it's a small book. It's an itty-bitty book, and it's, it's called... Um, uh, how to overcome, no, how to own your power, how to own your power and thrive 15 tactics from cinnamon, the undercover cop. So that's coming out pretty, pretty soon. Yeah. And then, uh, within five years, I, I hope to have a bestseller of my legacy book It's called a transformation of cinnamon. And it's just about my life and, um, how I transform into who I am today. Uh, you know, cinnamon is still. Like, we didn't talk about how I got that. Yeah, name. <laughs> you, you reminded me. I was going to ask you that. But spill the beans. It's part of who I am. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's. I mean, because you know, you go into character when you work on the cover. Yeah. Um, but um, it's still who I am. You know yeah. that that character. So. Okay, so so what what is cinnamon? What what's the story behind it? You got to know. It's, <laughs> okay, it's just it's just how us. I came up with the name cinnamon. Yeah. Okay, so I was working undercover. Um, uh, with Vice, and it was five of us, uh, or four, I think. So I was, it was, you know, one black me, white, Hispanic, and then I think it was um, an Asian. I'm not sure. So we, so we were working on the cover, and we had this bogus website, right? Okay. And, um, and so we had to come up with names. And I thought, I'm cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, look at me, I'm cinnamon, yeah, you know? And so that's, that was my name. And I just, I, I, that was, man, that was so, that was, man, that was like over 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was my name. Whether I was buying dope, I was cinnamon. If I was working, uh, you know, undercover as a prostitute, I was cinnamon. Uh, everything was cinnamon. So, so I'm, so, um, you know, transfer, transformation of cinnamon, who I am today, you know, as a coach, a leader, um, a facilitator, trainer. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like the name cinnamon. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I plan to be a number one bestseller in five years. All right. Well, yeah, we will, we be pu- uh, pulling for you on that. So. All uh, right. Yeah. Thank tell, you. Tell everybody how we can uh, reach your company, uh, Tilt Synergy. Uh, you can reach my company um, because I am utilizing cinnamon. I go by the name of Natalie J. Um, you can reach my website at IamNatalieJ.com or TiltSynergyIncorporated.com. All right. Oh, I yeah. appreciate you coming on. And uh, but Thank you so you, much. You know, like we uh, spoke about before, before I let you get out of here, uh, I've got some games uh, that I like to play <laughs> with my guests, right? Okay. <laughs> this will be really easy for you. This is uh, what I call a black lightning round. So this is called... Uh, Last night I saw a superhero. He was black. He said, this is for the street. Black lightning's back. Like I said, this is called my <laughs> black lightning round. I'm just going to fire some rapid fire questions for you. And you can just tell me what's on the top of your head. All right. Real, okay. real simple. Real simple. 
So uh, would you rather work in the in the heat or the cold? Cold. In the cold, okay. All right. Uh, best TV mom ever? Oh, uh, Cosby. Um, uh, uh, Claire? Claire? Claire, Claire Underwood. Claire, Claire. <laughs> Thank you, I forgot. Huxley, yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, we kind of spoke about this earlier, but what handgun did you carry as a police officer? Uh, well, I carried two. I had a SIG, six hour. I still have that and a clock. I love, I love the clock. All right. Yeah. And the six hour. Mine is nickel plated. So. Oh, okay. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, Erica Badu or Lauren Hill? Oh, man, that's tough. <laughs> you got to pick one. Oh, I'd have to say, ooh, I saw both of them in concert, man. <laughs> I say Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill, okay. All yeah. Right. Uh, what assignment? And I know you worked a lot of them. What assignment as law enforcement officer do you wish you had ever you had worked? That I wished. Yeah, that you didn't work. Oh, that I didn't work. Um, hmm. Oh, you know what? I um, I wanted to horse patrol. Oh, okay. You ever <laughs> you ever horse ridden mouse. horses? You ever ridden horses before? Yeah, I have. Okay, so that would yeah. Been, yeah that I was afraid. Cool. I was like, oh hell no at the <laughs> time. <laughs> but yeah, I wish yeah. I wish I had. All right. Uh, do you do speech? You do speeches now, correct? You, you speak yes. speak to crowds. What's the largest crowd you've ever spoken to? Oh wow. Um. Not too big, not yet. That's forthcoming. I would say probably, um, probably fifty. Okay. Hundred. Hopefully, yeah. you're speaking of more right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You did a lot of time in uh, in uh, in L.A. working. Um, Lakers or Clippers? Ooh, that's rough. <laughs> it better not be. I know. <laughs> there's a, there's Man, one clear choice. I, I have. Okay, let me say this. I have a love hate relationship with the Lakers and the Clippers. Okay. So the, <laughs> I'll sleep at that. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I cheat on both. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Lakers, Lakers, uh, since, you know, we restarted the NBA season, the Lakers won last night. Just you know, I know. I saw it against the Clippers. Okay. Mm-hmm, against well, the Clippers. You know, see, Clippers, I'm from San Diego, so like I said, I have they, a love They started hate. there. San Diego Clippers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the last movie about cops that you saw? Um... Oh shoot! Oh man, it's been a while, huh? It's been a while. <laughs> um, probably was a Denzel Washington movie. What Training uh, Day? Probably Training. Oh, wow! Oh, that, no, that, I was gonna say that was a long time ago. I know. Well, you know, I watched it over. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, that, that counts. Um, yeah. Hmm. I would say Training. Let's stick with that because right. I can't think of any right now. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one, though. And your last yeah. one, I uh, need you to finish this line, okay? Uh, I know we're both not singers, but you, we got to finish this one. Here it goes. Uh, no, I don't want no scrubs. Scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I, I know you know. Um, oh, my God. No, I don't want, I don't no, want scrubs. no scrubs. Scrub is a guy that can't get can't no get love, no from, love me. from me. Oh, I forget. Oh, I forget the, the lyrics. Standing at the passenger. Yeah. Oh, oh at the passenger car. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll leave me. it at that. 
Ooh, I'm releasing my boo. I know. <laughs> it's all oh good. My God. Yeah. That was standing at the passenger side of his oh, best friend's right. ride. Oh, that's right. at the passenger side. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I haven't heard that song in so long. Yeah, wow. Trying to I used to, I used to jam that yeah, song. That was, that was it right there. Yeah. <laughs> Left eye, left eye, chili, and uh, that's T-Bos. right, TLC. Yeah. Yeah, 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 wow, yeah, chili was my girl, but that's another, another topic, another day. But. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. I, I appreciate you coming on, Natalie. It was, it was real good stuff. Um, you know, again, how, how can everybody reach you on your website? You can reach me at I am Natalie J. Right. I am, I am Natalie, N A T A L I E letterj.com all right thank you once again you be safe out there when you're out and about you. you know wear your mask wash your hands absolutely sanitize and all I, that. I love up yes <laughs> <laughs> thank you again all right square pegs another episode of the black and blue podcast is in the books i want to thank my guest miss natalie clayton for coming on and sharing her story with us if you like what i'm doing here on the black and blue podcast don't be shy Make sure you like and subscribe to the show on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Also, check me out on all the socials. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Black and Blue US. I'll be back next week with another fun and entertaining guest. But till then, y'all know what to do. Stay black in blue. I'll holler at you. Peace. Thank you.